Hey guys, welcome back to Diving with Rabbits. This is part three of the gateway process. Today we will be going over parts 13 through 29. I do have the same two guests with me again this time, and I hope you enjoy this podcast. And from what I've heard so far, you guys might want to have a dictionary with you because some of these words can be a little difficult to understand. So, part 13, the part encodes the whole. A further importance is the fact that even if we dropped our frozen hologram of the ripple pattern on the floor and broken into a number of pieces, each individual piece would recreate the entire holographic image all by itself. The smaller the piece, the fuzzier and more distorted would be the resulting holographic projection, but the fact remains that a whole projection would nonetheless be made. The key to creating any hologram is that energy and motion must interact with energy in a state of rest or non-motion. In the foregoing example, the pebbles represent energy and motion, while the water, before its agitation by the pebbles, represents energy at a state of rest. To activate or, in effect, to perceive the meaning of a holograph, energy, in this case a coherent light source such as a laser beam, must be passed through the interference pattern generated by interaction between the moving energy and the energy at rest. In the simple example given by Bentov, this requirement was fulfilled by holding the frozen interference pattern in front of the coherent light to project the three-dimensional holograph image, or its meaning, into space. As Marilyn Ferguson, editor of the Brain Slash Mind Bulletin, tells us, Another feature of the hologram is its efficiency. Billions of bits of information can be stored in a tiny space. The pattern of the holographic photograph is stored everywhere on the plate. So this is some very interesting technology that apparently we've had since the 80s. You know, I don't see this technology anywhere in the world today. So, is it technology that's allowing them to have these holograms, or is it just their own mind once they've accessed the gateway project's abilities that they can see these holograms? I'll tell you some trippy shit. They've had, they had a, uh, at Coachella, like, in 2018. No, 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 it wasn't 2018. It was shortly after X died, right? There, it was at Coachella. They had a uh, hologram of him singing that looked a little bit too... Like my man, you know, too real, too like real, too much, a little too much like him to be a hologram. It was, I'm not saying it was him, it was his conscience, but it just said it. You can put a shitload of information in there, and you can probably download the brain right now. I think we have the technology to do that. Yeah, AI has definitely come a long way from what we've seen so far in the past, and. That's just the information that we're able to see in broad daylight. They don't mm-hmm. tell us about the things that they're secretly working on. on at night, yeah. Come here. So, we'll go ahead and go to number 14 here, and this is the Consciousness Matrix. The universe is composed of interacting energy fields, some at rest and some in motion. It is, in and of itself, one gigantic hologram of unbelievable complexity. 
According to the theories of Carl Pribram, a neuroscientist at Stanford University, and David Bohm, a physicist at the University of London, the human mind is also a hologram which attunes itself to the universal hologram by the medium of energy exchange, thereby deducing meaning and achieving the state which we call consciousness. With respect to states of expander, expanded or altered consciousness, such as Gateway uses, the process operates in the following way. An energy passes through various aspects of the universal hologram and is perceived by the electrostatic fields which comprise the human mind. The holographic images being conveyed are projected upon those electrostatic fields of the mind and are perceived or understood to the extent that the electrostatic field is operating at a frequency and amplitude that can harmonize with, and therefore read, the energy carrier wave pattern passing through it. Changes in the frequency and amplitude of the electrostatic field which comprises the human mind or determines the configuration and hence the character of the holographic energy matrix which the mind projects to intercept meaning directly from the holographic transmissions of the universe. Then, to make sense of what the holographic image is saving to it, the mind proceeds to compare the image just received sorry for the noise to a geometric form and an energy frequency the consciousness perceives as psychologist Keith Floyd puts it contrary to what everyone knows is so it may not be the brain that produces consciousness but rather consciousness that creates the appearance of the brain whoa mm. so that was a whole lot to process yeah like in the universal Hologram. Everything we know is wrong. That makes me, it literally, that makes yeah. me feel like this is a real-ass simulation right now. With the basis of the holograms that we're able to create, and that the universe being just <coughs> one giant hologram, then us ourselves would also would be, be just smaller holograms. Yeah. But with consciousness, though, is what it said. It said the consciousness creates well, the brain. just one thing. So what's creating the hologram? It's all energy, exactly. all different circuits of energy, energy grids, all interconnected. Have you seen Lost? We're all part of each other. Have you seen Lost? you seen yep. Us? Us is really good. Okay, so you're probably never going to watch it again, so this is a spoiler. But like at the end of it, um, there's a cat. And the whole universe of Lost is a little motherfucking uh, grain of uh, whatever cat litter is made of in that cat and this cat has like reptilian eyes it looks crazy but that's what I that's what I feel like we are low key maybe we are just oh uh, I thought you know, they were in like limbo some, and lost no I, I don't know I don't know the whole the whole um, lore behind it yeah I just saw the spoiler on reddit of the ending but so you don't even know what I know that the plane crashes and that there's some weird... Okay, moving on. Let's continue with the reading here. So we've got part 15, Brain in Phase. The consciousness process is most easily envisaged if we picture the holographic input with a three-dimensional grid system superimposed over it such that all of the energy patterns contained within can be described in terms of three-dimensional geometry using mathematics to reduce the data to two-dimensional form. Bentov states that scientists suspect that the human mind operates on a simple binary go-slash-no-go system, as do all digital computers. 
Therefore, once it superimposes a three-dimensional matrix over holographic information it wishes to interpret and reduces that information mathematically to two-dimensional form, it can completely process it using its fundamental binary system, just as any computer made by the hand of man can process volumes of data and make various comparisons between the data and information stored in its digital memory. Our minds operate in the same way perceiving by comparison only. Bentov states that the proposition this way, our whole reality is constructed by constantly making such comparisons. Whenever we perceive something, we always perceive differences only. In states of expanded consciousness, the right hemisphere of the human brain in its holistic, nonlinear, and nonverbal non mode of functioning acts as the primary matrix or receptor for this holographic input while by operating as the pri uh, sorry by operating in phase or coherence with the right brain the left hemisphere provides the secondary matrix through its binary computer like method of functioning to screen further the data by comparison and reduce it to a discrete two dimensional form Well, that is, uh, that's definitely something. Our whole reality is constructed by constantly making comparisons. <laughs> I'm not really sure how to take that. Okay. It's only what we perceive to be real is real. Literally. So it's like, I'll take that as, if you think about it, if you think about something really hard, you want it, you manifest the type of energy, the type of life that you're wanting is basically what I'm getting from that. It's like your brain comes into this mofo like, okay, what am I gonna pull towards me? Weird memory right here. I remember dreaming this when I was little. Could have been before I was born. I don't know. This shit's crazy. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's not crazy to say that I had, that I know some shit before I was born, you know? So I had this vision that I would come into this world and be like a black hole and take all the darkness, but I would use it for good, right? And that's what I would do. That would be my thing. But it's like I had just a vision that I just came out of a black hole to do that. So it's like I created all the things that have happened, you know? You forged your own path. Exactly. You for I forged my own path into. Well, everybody that I forges their own path with every little decision they make, conscious or unconscious, whether or not they know it. Everybody's constantly creating their own path. Exactly. So just a big ass butterfly. You had a map, though. Huh. That was That's like what I'm a map. saying. That's what I exactly. You get it? Like it was like a map. It was like yeah. okay, do of this. What you need to do? Do this. Let it happen, and then go do this. Yeah. And it was just a plan. I feel as if life. I have a constant phase of deja vu, as if I live every day knowing that this is going to happen, and that. Yeah, I kind of feel that too. And that it's it's supposed to happen, and that it's already happening, and that there's nothing I can do. So. What I can do now Why is just, just live in it. Is just live in it. And once I accepted that, I have to realize if I have this power of just being at peace with the earth. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, moving on to part Very number spiritual. 16, we have evaluation.
To the extent that Gateway succeeds in bringing about a refinement in energy matrix of the mind, it succeeds in expanding or altering human consciousness so that it can perceive without recourse to the intercession of the physical senses such that evermore of the universal hologram, not of course acceptable, accessible by sense perception, can ultimately be perceived and understood. Marilyn Ferguson has written that the theories of Pribram and Bohm appear to account for all transcendental experience, paranormal events, and even normal perceptual oddities. She goes on to say of Pribram, Currently he is proposing a startling, all-encompassing model that is generating considerable excitement among those intrigued by the mysteries of human consciousness. His holographic model marries brain research to theoretical physics. It accounts for normal perception and simultaneously takes the paranormal and transcendental experiences out of the supernatural by explaining them as a part of nature. Like certain strange discoveries of quantum physics, the radical reorientation of this theory suddenly makes sense of paradoxical sayings of mystics throughout the ages. Okay. What? Okay. I, I, get, I get the explanation for it, and that was really cool, but what the fuck is Pribriboboom? Like... That's uh, the name of one of the scientists. The oh, scientist okay. who did the so, research with his so, holographic model. Theory. So his holographic model had what? A holograph of the brain? The, the holographic model is the theory on which, which is part of the foundation on which the gateway I'm, process works. I'm taking it too literal. It's not a literal holograph. It's a model or a theory, right? Or is it a literal fucking holograph? It's both. Okay, so he just showed something. He was like, hey, this is how the universe works. I'll put it in this model. And you could call it paranormal, whatever. It's in the numbers now. Damn. Pretty much. So that is like some Rick and Morty, we're in a battery inside of a battery inside of a battery. <laughs> and yeah. we just discovered that, hey, maybe we're just here to make electricity or something, you know? Yeah, we're just all we electricity, never, you know? Exactly. We're all just uh, we never stop moving. Picking, we never know? stop moving. Can't be created or destroyed. Exactly. We're just getting it. We are just getting it. Speaking of us getting it, this brings us to part 17, which is self-cognition. Mm. To complete our outline of the process by which the mind achieves and exercises consciousness, we must also describe the mechanism which accounts for the aspect of human thought that differentiates it from the consciousness of plants and animals, i.e. self-cognition. Humans not only know, but oh. assessment, evaluating the functioning of their thought process. Oh, okay. I am missing pages. It appears that maybe some of the pages haven't actually been released. Oh, you sneaky mofos. Maybe some of the information on how to actually. Also, there are the a lot of images and diagrams that you can find on the website. I have them printed out, but I would in no way be able to describe them to you guys. And so, if you really want to, if you're following along with this and you really want to look at the images, there are diagrams and images, um, at least 10 of them, that are sprinkled throughout the paperwork. 
and they will give you a bit more insight into what's going on if you're more of a visual learner. I don't know. That's making my eyes mm -hmm. water. But this is crazy. Like, And uh, where uh, can we look up this information? That would be the centralintelligenceagency.gov. Scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page. Click on FOIA or Freedom of Information Act. And then you can simply type in the gateway process directly into the search bar they have for their virtual library. Mm -hmm. So what this what this what this says is like the less left hemisphere acts like the mind's computer software and the right hemisphere reduces three dimensions three dimensional holographic images to two dimensions, right? That's what that said too. So but then it shows this little image of these like planes but these all, all these planes are like intersecting and to me it looks like if you were to look i don't know i don't know i don't know if parallel planes are involved in this but that's insane man because it's divided up in like four quadrants of your consciousness is what it's you see what i'm saying it's like four well in light of some things not being released to the public we're going to have we're going to have to skip all the way to part 18 here and this is time space dimension mm -hmm. up to this point our discussion of the gateway process has been relatively simple and easy to follow wow it has uh, yeah. <laughs> no no now the fun begins and the, i promise you these are not just words that I'm using. This is verbatim in the paperwork itself. Of the military. You might need to, you know, downscale it a little bit for us. So, gateway involves more than just perception of those aspects of the universal hologram, which can be accessed in the dimension of time-space as we know it. To explain how and why human consciousness can be brought to transcend the limitations of time-space is the next task which must be addressed. To do this, we must first appreciate that time and space are in order what time and space are in order to understand how the dimension that they constitute can be transcended. Physicists define time as a measurement can't even read now. Physicists define time as a measurement of energy or force in motion. In other words, it is a measurement of change. However, in order for energy to be in motion, it must first be limited in some way within the confines of some sort of vibratory pattern so that its confinement gives it the capacity for being contained at a specific location which is distinguishable from other locations or space. Energy which is not confined is force without limit, without dimension, without the limits of form. It is infinity, cannot move because there is nothing beyond infinity, and is therefore outside of the dimension of time. It is also beyond space because that concept implies that a specific energy form is limited to a specific location and is absent from other locations. But if energy is in the state of infinity, there are no boundaries, no here to differentiate from there, no sense of area. Energy in infinity means energy uniformly extended without limit. It has no beginning, no end, no location. It is conscious force, the fundamental primal power of existence without form, a state of infinite being. Energy in infinity is said to be completely at rest and, therefore, 
cannot generate cannot generate holograms so long as it remains utterly inactive. It retains its inherent capacity for consciousness and that it can receive and passively perceive holograms generated by energy and motion out in the various dimensions which make up the created universe, but it cannot be perceived by consciousness operating in the active universe. Energy in this state of inactive infinity is termed by physicists as energy in its absolute state, or simply the absolute. Between the absolute and the material universe in which we experience our physical existence are various intervening dimensions to which human consciousness is in altered states of being may gain access. Theoretically, human consciousness may continue to expand the horizons of its perceptual capability until it reaches the dimension of the absolute, at which point perception stops because the absolute generates no holograms of or about itself. And that, I believe, is what they would term transcendence. That's basically what we are, we've been talking about, though. Yeah, that everything is so, one thing. Yeah. We're all just energy. Eventually, your mind would proceed to the point where it would escape the boundaries of time and space and reach a state of the absolute. In which it would no longer be able to perceive itself. Therefore, you would not. You would no longer have a self conscious yeah, you, you would not have, have so an much ego knowledge. anymore you would be you would be the true you which is, yeah you would have you would so basically much be omnipresent omnipotent i think this here here it is i just have this little revelation you read now right it's like this is my opinion this is just some weird stuff in my head so it's like i feel like us as a species our ego is very very important to us everyone on this earth feels like they are the one, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody. If someone asks you, hey, are you special? You're most likely going to say yes. Unless you're depressed. Unless you're depressed. I was just going to say that. Unless you have those issues, if you do... Get some help. Get some help. But other than that, I think that we, our consciousness is, we're, we're coming to a stage in the universe of like evolution right now. It's like, we are a baby species, okay? And so our brains have to have something like time, something like space to really fill out the universe right now, right? It's like we're, we're babies to this. We're, we, just, we just came into it. We can't look into the eye of God and be like, oh shit, we are that right now. No, we, you know, it's like we're, we're some baby organisms. Mm-hmm. And doing this is making us realize like we there is so much more than us mm-hmm. because what we're just learning right now how many other species in infinity right have already known this bro how many of them are at the source right now protecting us or trying to come at us or like not even on some like weird conspiracy stuff but just know about us how many of them are like just like us? There's exactly. absolutely no way to know. There's no way to know. There's no way to know nothing. You could tap into this and be omniscient and transcend. I if you use the gateway process correctly. I okay. This this process is amazing. I I feel myself is like. I'm surprised not more people use it. There. Exactly. Why don't people use it so frequently, Christian? Probably because the majority of people simply don't know about it. Would you? Will you be trying? Oh, it? definitely not. You would not be definitely listening not. to the tapes. 
No. I'm, I'm good on the transcendental whateverness of this world, you know. I am, you know, happy where I'm at mm-hmm. with the things that I perceive currently. So I'd like to just, you know, yeah, continue to it'd be like in uh, Bloodborne, whenever you transcend and you start seeing all the crazy shit, like the Eldritch gods all around everywhere. Well, this brings us to part number 19, Intervening Dimensions. And I apologize now, but a couple lines of this paragraph I'm about to read are cut out. But it shouldn't be too big of a deal. Anyways. Since the absolute is conscious energy and infinity, i.e. without boundaries, it occupies every dimension to include the time-space dimension in which we have our physical existence, but we cannot perceive it. It overlays everything, as do many of the intervening gradients or dimensions through which the energies of the universe pass on their way to and from their home, in the state of infinity, the absolute. To enter these intervening dimensions, human consciousness must focus with such coherence, with such intense coherence that the frequency, and that's where it cuts off, but I would assume it has something to do with matching the frequency to maybe the Earth. Can I tell you something strange right now? This is an aspect of quantum mechanics which applies to the fact that any oscillating frequency, such as the brainwave, reaches two points of complete rest which constitute the boundaries of each individual oscillation, i.e. movement up or down. Without these points of rest, an oscillating wave pattern would be impossible since the points of rest are required to permit the energy to change direction and thus continue vibrating between rigid limits. But it is also true that when, for an infinitesimally brief instant, that energy reaches one of its two points of rest, it clicks out of time-space and joins infinity. That critical step out of time-space occurs when the speed of the oscillation drops below 10 to the negative 33 centimeters per second, or Planck's distance. To use the words of Bentov, quantum mechanics tells us that when distances go below Planck's distance, we enter, in effect, a new world. To return to our case in point, the human consciousness wave pattern reaches such high frequency that the pattern of clickouts comes so close together that there is virtual continuity in it. Then, a portion of that consciousness is actually postulated to establish and maintain its information collection function in those dimensions located between time-space and the absolute. Thus, as the almost continuous click-out pattern establishes, uh, establishes itself in continuous phase as speeds below Planck's distance, but before reaching the state of total rest, Human consciousness passes through the looking glass of time-space after the fashion of Alice beginning her journey into Wonderland. <laughs> the gateway experience with its associated hemisphinx technique is apparently designed, if used systematically and patiently, to enable human consciousness to establish a coherent pattern of perception in those dimensions where speed below Planck's distances apply. 
This holds true irrespective of whether the individual is exercising his consciousness while in his physical body or whether he is doing so after having separated that consciousness from the physical body, i.e. the so-called out-of-body state mentioned earlier. You know, I was just... That's insane. You wanted to say something back there, what was that? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, as you're reading that, right? I was listening, but I have my eyes closed too. And it's just weird. I was just seeing different, like, people in my, in my head. And if you close your eyes and you barely let any light in, you can kind of play with the images. It's a little easier that way, right? Mm-hmm. To kind of create what you want. But if you just sit there, stuff will just kind of happen by itself. Well, as it was happening, it was just showing me different people, different types of people, and they were splitting down the middle, you know, you know, like a Russian doll. It's one on one on one on one on one on one. Well, the last one that did it, it just went to this little altar of a book, right? But in front of this book was some just really weird shit that I cannot describe at all. Was this a dream or what no, just, just happened? Just happened. Like, yeah. It was just weird as you were talking about that, like the frequency, right? And Maybe it was a vision. <laughs> I don't know. But it was just different. And I don't know if it relates to that. But that's fucking insane that we can, that the human brain can literally ascend to those high-ass levels and come back. Like, what are we doing in heaven, you know? With our brains. What are we seeing? What are we seeing in hell? I don't know. What I do know, though, is that this is absolutely a lot to digest. A lot. It's making my brain vibrate. In light of that, I am going to go ahead and end this podcast here, unfortunately. But I think you guys would appreciate that more, seeing as it'll be a little bit easier to digest if there's not so much coming at you at once. I thank you for tuning in to Diving with Rabbits. And I will... See you guys again when I do my next podcast. Thanks for listening.